0: biggest bad boys podcast presents matt michaels people i don't hate
1: hey everybody it's matt michaels here on the biggest bad boys podcast and today i'm joined by one of uh the best wrestlers on the west coast one of my favorites to watch levi shapiro how you doing brother
0: I'm doing Matt. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the kind words.
1: Absolutely. Uh, but let me ask you, you know, what was what was your earliest memory of pro wrestling?
0: It's a very pinpointed moment, actually, and it stuck with me for the longest time. Uh, it was some sort of morning, I'm assuming Sunday, right? Because that's when WWF Superstars would come on USA Network. Uh, and I'm sitting and I just see the Bushwhackers start coming out, you know, and just start walking to the ring. So literally, just this—that's the first memory I have. Uh, and it it bleeds on into more, um, you know, with more WWF and Coliseum videos and stuff. But yeah. that like focal moment right there, looking at the screen and seeing the Bushwhackers coming out doing the dance was like the first actual memory I, I recall having.
1: Did you end up uh, with the uh, Bushwhacker uh, action figures from that uh, Hasbro line? (laughs) I have them them in my living
0: room right now.
1: (laughs) Um, You know, if you think about how you came to start training, what were the obstacles in your way before you started your wrestling training?
0: uh the biggest one honestly was just finding the right school you know uh finding the right way to break in because uh i was just kind of coming in blind you know i did some backyard wrestling and stuff like that Uh, my high school didn't have a wrestling team oh wow so i I totally would have wrestled in high school had i had a team 100 percent. yeah and who who knows what difference that would have made you know um but kind of doing some backyard with some friends and stuff like that. And uh, so I'm from the Bay area, you know, and um, we booked like a real old, we, we did pretty good in our little backyard promotion. I must say, <laughs> you know, we we drew some fans. We had like a little arena in my buddy's backyard. Uh, we had a ring, you know, um, we did it fairly, fairly well. Um, everything else was whole. I mean, dude, the psychology, you know, uh, moves, uh booking, everything else was, was whack. Um, <laughs> but we booked an old APW guy, you know, and uh, so that drove in actually the current owner of APW now, Marcus Mack, uh, and he saw me and he said, hey, man, you have some talent, you know, I think you, th- you should try to get out of this backyard and try to get trained, you know, just becoming an 18 year I didn't know you can start going around wrestling schools until you were 18, right. you know, Right. Uh, I I didn't know if I could go. I didn't go to shows. None of my friends were fans. I would watch it at home on VHS tapes that I'd rent from the video store. Yep. Um, you know, I, I did it with my older brother, but then he grew out of it and I was still there. Um, so I didn't go to a lot of shows. I always heard about like APW Gym Wars as these like, like oh, I always had this big idea, like an airplane hanger, you know, filled <laughs> with people. But no, it was just like some. Uh, you know um <laughs> some gym in hayward you know it's kind of a little small spot and uh so I, ideally there was like my first intro like okay maybe i should look into here and obviously i called roland alexander and he gave me the whole spiel you know <laughs> um and i didn't have six thousand dollars you know um jeez I just didn't. it, my,
1: it, it my was were... it was six grand at that time for roland definitely yeah it was wow. like two,
0: two, two down and you know x a week or whatever like that wow um and he, you know, that man was a businessman to the fullest, right? Yeah. So uh, I just couldn't. And I kept it there. I found another school to kind of get into where um, I thought it was an old school kind of upbringing. You know what I mean? It was Devil Mountain Wrestling, uh, Alexis Derevko and Hellfire. Sure. Some kind of local local area guys. And um, they, they broke me in proper, you know. It was the best for what I can get. Uh, if I had gone to Roland school, I might have learned a little bit more... Um, Technique on things, and you know, he has the Bible, right? Uh, but I feel like I had a really old school, uh, upbringing, which I feel only works for me being the timeless guy that I am.
1: (laughs) Um, along those lines, uh, who were some of the guys that you feel, uh, up in that area, you know, helped you along in terms of you know, either training you or uh, guys that you, you know, wrestled on numerous occasions when you were first
0: starting out. Yeah. uh, I cut my teeth with a lot of the guys up here, you know, Uh, Joe Applebaum, uh, formerly Poto the Clown, now Coach (laughs) Snugs, a huge, huge mentor to me breaking in, you know, Uh, I almost went to train with him specifically before finding Devil Mountain. Wow. And, um, you know, he always liked me, you know, Uh, I would always hang around once I started going to the shows, you know, um so he he was always one to kind of offer wise words of wisdom he always liked me you know he's got his own kind of language and stuff like that sure uh but good dude and really looked out for me you know and so i would hang out and i would do stuff with the suburban commandos the stoner brothers those guys were huge you know they took me on the road with them we'd go to shows i would do shows in vegas with them at fsw in the early days you know um my trainer would take me up to Portland and stuff like that, so I would wrestle him a lot. Alexis, uh, Jesus Cruz was a, a you know guy that really took me in and showed me the ropes. You know, Sheikhan, um, sure. she was awesome and and really helped kind of like form because you know she lived in the area that I did, right? And so when Hood Slam was kind of starting coming around, it just like showed the aspects and what they needed to do to get um where they were and and it was a lot of tough work for them you know and uh i met mike rain early on in that you know and uh mike was always been the consummate veteran you know awesome very cool i met funny bone during that time you know funny bones always been one to kind of give me good words of wisdom you know being trained by nick bockwinkle too um they always knew that i was old school fan so you know, those are just, just a taste of some of the people that really helped me cut my teeth, you know? Sure. Uh, major credit to the Commandos, uh, to be honest, the Stoner Brothers. Yeah. Uh, they were they were the one to really welcome into arms, and, like, I'd hopped in a car with those guys any chance I could just to go.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's interesting how much, you know, uh, a relationship like that can transcend your, you know, growth. Imagine if you didn't have that, you'd... You know, you'd be scrapping and fighting just to make your name in one area, as opposed to being able to expand out. Uh, When you sorry, actually, 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 I have one more. I got, I got to shout
0: out Rick, Rick Luxury also. (laughs) Rick Luxury, good dude, and uh, wrestling personified. You know, he he really helped me kind of craft my old school ideals and stuff like that. Sure. Um, So don't want to don't want (laughs) to leave the good man off. Absolutely. Um, When
1: you when you started visiting places like Vegas or you know Southern California, Arizona, you know places that were in the West Coast or even up uh, you know the North uh, West as well, what was it like for you walking into new locker rooms? And were there familiar faces on a regular basis, or was it you know kind of hey kid, you know, just kind of just kind of stand in the side, kind of take it all in, say yes, do what you're told, and then eventually it would grow. How, how was that experience as a newbie?
0: Uh, it was pretty surreal, you know. Um, I, I like to think of, you know, uh, uh, obviously breaking the fourth wall or something. right? I like to think to myself as a pretty cool guy. Yeah. I'm pretty calm, you know, very respectful. Uh, so going into the places, I never tried to go in thinking I was the shit. You know, like I was better than anybody and I, I still try not to do that. I try to go in and say hello, you know, and uh, offer a hand when I can. Um, so mainly that was the point, like going into Portland specifically was different. I didn't know anybody, you know, and so bringing in with, you know, uh, my trainer and stuff who usually did a lot of the talking for me back then, you know, uh, I would just like go and do what I wanted, you know, and then. Um, when it goes more down to like southern california i felt like i met a lot of people that i still call friends today you know sure. and people i work with and built um good rapport with same with vegas you know yeah. um it it was just going in and you know okay here i am this is me i want to make a a scene i want to make a, a name for myself i'd love to be able to come back on the regular you know and just be you know cordial enough to you know say like hey you know you get the, We'll give you a spot tonight, you know, and stuff sure. like that. As you should. You know, if you're if you're a young kid going and you're not booked, definitely, you know, always bring your gear, right? And always come in. Like I always had a ref shirt at times, sometimes too. Sure. Not not a lot, but like, yeah, I'll throw it on. Do whatever you want. You know, you need me to run the music, that's what I'll do, you know. Um just whatever whatever I can really. Really try to be cordial. So that it was definitely intimidating with like um Names, right? Sure. You know, if the if bigger names at that time were there, I would like. You know, can I go say hi to El Hijo de Santo? You know, can I go say hi to Damien and La Parca Like, yeah, it's cool. Go say you. Like, I remember one time I was like, I was underage, but um, I went to this lucha show and it was La Parca, Damien and um, Blue Demon and stuff. You know. Right. And I'm, I'm backstage, and and Parker comes back, and he like has the guy carrying a case of beers behind him. <laughs> puts the case of beers down and he starts cracking them handing them to everybody and he offers one to me and I look I was like, I'm taking that, right? And he's like, Yeah, you better take that. So I was like, oh yeah, hell yeah, cool. You know, that's great. Like that's a story, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh man. That's amazing. Um you know when when you think about that and you think about where you are now, how is it, how important is it to you that you're able to instill Some of those basics into younger wrestlers who maybe don't have the same type of experience, maybe have been fed too much hype into their own, you know, ego that, you know, they don't have that balance that you had. What what is your positioning on that? How do you try to, you know, mentor them along in a sense?
0: Oh, it's definitely new to me. Right. And, you know, I'm going on 11 or 12 years, uh, wrestling, you know, and it's very new to me to still think of myself as a veteran, you know, uh, I still, uh, see myself as one of the green guys that's hanging around, you know, um, so maybe that's just, you know, humble, yeah. but like, um, a lot more in the past year or two, definitely in the pandemic. Uh, Have I been more willing to speak my mind and speak to to these kids and think that's like it's it's from a place of um, good criticism or helpfulness like I'm definitely not trying to shit on anybody, you know, Uh, I'm definitely not trying to steer anybody in the wrong directions to get myself over, you know, if if uh, a new kid is getting a lot of publicity, like, yeah, okay, maybe you should humble yourself on a little bit or something but don't, don't sell yourself short. Like, yeah, go get your opportunities. Yeah, go get your shine, you know what I mean? But here's maybe where you wanna take this route, right? Or d- more in ring than anything, right? Because yeah. the little things is really where I'm starting to excel, right? Not just in ring, across the board, right? Yeah. Professional wrestling is more than just what's happening in the ring on a live show nowadays, especially if you're streaming it on you know fight TV or independent wrestling, you know, and from what I've learned, wrestling in uh, the United Wrestling Network and doing extra spots for WWE and AEW, like I've learned what it takes to get to these positions and how you're going to think about it. So I tell the guys, all right, if you're wrestling for a camera, slow down, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just already like slow down, but then slow down and think about. When you're putting in an arm bar or, or headlock right and you're going from that headlock to a you know a hammer lock to a top wrist lock, all within 15 seconds like slow down right get the headlock let the camera get you let the guy in the production get the shot right so now you actually have it when you're thinking you're sitting in it for 10 seconds and this could be a little deep right uh but you're sitting in it for 10 seconds the shot is only going to be on you for a few seconds because they right. get it that they shoot to it and now it's live So if you're running around they're not going to be able to catch you right you know that's where i feel like a lot of my best expertise is coming in lately where it says no cool let it register you know what i mean and like fundamentally like throwing a punch or throwing a forearm or throwing some stuff like that how you're going to make it look better than just doing it like everyone else does it because it's okay it's okay you know right
1: yeah no that, that makes a lot of sense and i think that that's something that you know you you just nailed it in terms of where you are now in your career and looking to, you know, from the veteran eyes now, I think that that's a lot of the things that happen right around a 10-year, 12-year, 15-year mark is that you can see this, um, especially when you're watching other people's matches. You know, you see that there's there's a lack of the want to slow it down because i think a lot of times when you're when you're up and coming you're hungry so you want to show what you can do but you also are still like processing everything like a deer in headlights sometimes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then when you start to be able to step back and everything slows down in your mind i always think of like uh basketball players shooting free throws It's Mm -hmm. like that whole wall of people is in front of them, you know, doing everything to distract them from a fan's point of view. And yet you're in a total different slowdown mode and you're just watching, you know, you're seeing yourself, you're envisioning yourself this happen. Um, With your, um, you know, getting in front of audiences when you started as compared to now, what is your biggest difference? in terms of how you've been able to work a crowd were you able to do that as a younger guy or do you think now the experience has really helped you you know do what you're asked to do if you're a face or you're a heel
0: I think initially uh the way I thought I was working a crowd is different than the way I know I can work a crowd today you know sure uh today today uh, most times I have zero problems. Um, you know, a lot of people like to call a lot of stuff, right? right? Another breaking the fourth wall kind of thing where like you can call some, you need to have structure. The, the, the aspect of going out and working completely on the fly is so almost impossible today. It's not, it's not completely, but not only do I need to be comfortable with that, but the other person needs to be completely comfortable with that and the referee, because if, if you're not on the same page, it's not going to resonate. Right. On that same end. Like if I've got someone who, who needs that structure. Right. I always say, Hey, things may not go the same. Right. Just take everything we know. And that at some point, like, yes, this might be next. Right. But don't think of it like that. Right. Think of it. Like, this is what I can at a opportunistic moment. Right. Because there's been a lot of times where initially I was like, okay, you know, uh, we'll call this or we'll go out and we'll do that. Um, we'll kind of get the crowd to hate me or something. But if they're not doing like you're the best analogy I heard throughout my travels, um, was when you go into a restaurant, right. You have to look at a menu to see what you want to eat. Right. They're not just, you don't go into the restaurant and you sit down and they go, okay. And then they put a plate of food in front of you. Right. You know, that's what a lot of wrestlers are doing nowadays is that they are providing the meal and saying, you are going to eat this, right? This is what you're eating. It's not okay. Well, maybe they didn't like that. So put that away that you're not serving that right now. Right. So you got to feel what you're serving is now it's like standing in the middle of the ring. Like my last show on West coast the other day, it felt good to stand in the ring and everybody is like, all right, what, what's going on? And I was in control. Right, I can see. Well, you know, you're you smell tonight, and then now now they're upset. You know what I mean? So now I don't have to work as hard as to where it's like before. I was like, oh I'll lock up and we'll wrestle around, and then I'll rake your eyes. You're like, no, dude. All I need to do is stand there and just point. And say, you smell, yeah. and now it's so much easier. You know what I mean? It like, uh, so the crowd manipulation is really where. I've come in to learn on how to work and stuff like that, you know.
1: Oh, and I think too, what's what's unique, um, coming out of a pandemic where everyone was locked up. Now that everyone is getting back to arenas, I think that there's just such a pent up frustration too, that it's so much easier to push someone's button now. Oh yeah. You know, and you can just say the simplest thing and set them off. Uh, do you feel when you uh, when you work for let's say uh you know one of the championship wrestlings the united wrestling network do you think that you bring a little bit more to it now because you do have so much camera experience that that also helps with you know younger guys in the ring that you're going against or also elevates you um against opponents who have you know uh, a long history or or a seasoned veteran who have a lot of camera work that your matches are getting better in terms of televised matches because of all that experience you now have
0: definitely um you know and i've i've yet to really uh work a lot of high level uh wrestlers like on on the united scene you know i've done some good stuff with the tv belt but it's I haven't done a lot with a lot of, like, ex-WWE guys and stuff like that, you know? Right. Uh, I've, I definitely know some, and I know some that are up there right now, you know? And I, I bounce off ideas about, like, how to work and stuff. Um, but as, like, you know, being in the ring, I haven't had a lot of experience with um, even maybe some people that know more than me, Right. right. Because I have studied this TV style, because I'm a TV style wrestler. Right. You know, uh, it's tough for me to go into independent shows and kind of change the style to make it more independent. You know, right? Uh, I'm a very TV based wrestler. I feed for the hard cam a lot of the time. I I sell for that emotion and stuff. So, you know, a lot of the guys that I'm wrestling are I'm the the veteran in that aspect yeah. where it's like, you know, a lot of people know, and some even too. Like you know, I had a good match with uh, Jordan Clearwater. You know, and he's been doing a lot of New Japan yeah. and NWA and stuff like that. So he's getting it. We we were, ba- and I, like I said, we bounced a lot just just feeling off of each other. You know what right. I mean? Because I had someone else who understood that aspect. But, you know, coming in with a lot of these younger guys too, like uh, the Jack Cartwright or Jack Cartwright, Cartwheels. you know. Yep. Um, fun, Fantastic abilities, right? But I'm trying to help him structure it and say, like, let's work, you know what yeah. I mean? You don't need to put that there. You don't need to do that yet. We're trying to build sympathy on you. You know what I mean? We're doing television and stuff. Right. So that's really where a lot of it's coming out. And in the, and coming out of the pandemic is where I hope to really uh, get gain a couple levels by working, you know, a lot of these ex-WWE or Impact or just guys who have been um, on that level that yeah. it's a little bit above me, you know, because that's the main reason I, like, I've always thought about training, right? No trainers are, you know, um, not a lot. You know, there's a, there's a good handful, but teaching the fundamental aspects that I think are very important are very, almost very far and few. Right. But I've never been anywhere in my eyes. I've never been to a contracted company. I've never been to WWE um, past like extra work. You know, right. so I I think that you know, I'd want to see something and I'd want to see somewhere like that till I come back and teach someone, you know? Sure. But I think that I have a good ability to teach new kids, very basic fundamentals that'll help them succeed. And and that's that I think that's at a good point where it's like, I'm may not get you to WWE. I'm still possibly even trying to get to WWE or beyond, you know what right. I mean? Right. Uh, that next major level. And so on that level field, like if you if you train and you get to my level, great. Like I won't have any bad deals, you know what I mean. But I'm not gonna be like, come train with me. I'll get you there. You right. Know what I mean, right. I don't feel comfortable saying that because I'm not there yet. Right.
1: Um, let me ask you about um, your feelings being an old school mindset um, and someone who obviously grew up on the WWF tapes. Um, what do you think a manager brings to a guy like you is it something that just kind of fits nicely for your character and do you think managers you know there's just kind of a missing cog right now because in the in the major companies a manager is really hard to market in terms of toys and T-shirts and stuff like that. Is that one of the reasons we don't see uh, as many managers? And why is Paul Heyman the only manager who
0: should be around? And he's the greatest ever. <laughs> he is awesome, right? And even look at the way he manages. Though he doesn't do professional wrestling manager. No. You know he he he's there. He says the words. He's the stick. Um, and even Roman can talk too, which is good.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but he doesn't, you know, he, I think it's obviously a higher-up thing, right? Uh, the higher-ups don't like the managers. I, I think it's completely possible to market managers as a merchandise driving. Look at Bobby Heenan, yeah. the Heenan family, you know? Um, so I think it's preference at that point, to be honest. <laughs> if you look at the history of Levi Shapiro through my tag team's, I've had damn near 10 managers, you know? Yeah. Um, And I think that they're very viable. And that's the reason I have Howdy Price. Yeah. Because I don't need a manager. Right. Like, I can wrestle, you know? I can do a lot of stuff. But no one else has a manager. No one else is working this 70s style. Nobody else is using this heat, right? Everyone else is doing all the same stuff. Yeah. I am doing something different. And people people may not like appreciate it as much. I think, you know, cause I'm very, I'm kind of underground when it comes to it. Like I've been around, yeah. I know a lot of people, I know a lot of, of things, you know, I've had many friends go on and have great success. Um, whether that's just their business practices maybe and how they get in front of people, or maybe it's just the style that they wrestle. Right. Right. Uh, I, I made a choice to myself to do this style because it's the style that I love and it's the style that I felt would make me happy. You know, uh, I've said many a times that true professional wrestling is dead, you know, uh, for better or for worse. Right. Um, But I'm here to recreate what would make me happy. And I feel what the world needs to, you know, kind of have this nod to all these people that are passing away. Um, You know, we just heard news about Mr. Wonderful this morning and it's like, okay, well, now, I might start doing some pile drivers just to give the nod to, you know, Mr. Wonderful. I might give a Mr. Moniker for a little while. Sure. As a nod to, there was a lot of misters in wrestling. There was a lot of mass, like the destroyer. Yeah. yeah. You know, and Mr. Wrestling, like those aren't around either anymore. Right. So now I'm thinking, well, shit, maybe I need to put a mask on as Levi Shapiro. Like, you know, yeah. and something that is old school. That's not around just to do it because it's going to make people go like, well, what is this? You know, where'd you big thing for me? Um, and sorry, just to kind of go off on. That's Yeah. Uh, it's definitely a common theme for me. I feel like I have a big mountain of wrestling and in the past years, a lot of my friends said, you need to do more podcasts. You need to go on these talking platforms and just let it out, you know, because (laughs) it's, um, it's a lot of good at times, you know? And so, um, I just drove myself away from my point to be honest but <laughs> it was the uh... yeah I lost that one sorry
1: that's okay <laughs> that's alright now we're, we're uh, just kind of in the uh, manager realm and then kind of expanding upon that um, and I, I think Howdy is damn I mean talk about someone who really is good at believing his own shit when he puts it out there you know what I say like totally it's, it's so fun to watch him um you know for you being around guys like um Adam Pierce or peter Avalon um those kind of guys that have this stellar reputation for the minds of the game, very good wrestlers um uh, how is that rubbed off on you being around you know guys who not only also in the ring or on the mic but also production wise you know you get to see a lot of how it's the boys who actually end up making the programs Mm -hmm. run. Um, what's been your experience and, and where do you see yourself kind of fit again in the next, you know, number of years, maybe even after a future retirement, would you consider dabbling into, um, production, production aspects or even, you know, a school or training aspects?
0: hundred percent. All of it, to be honest, you know, uh, get someone called me right now and said, "Hey, I want you to stop wrestling. I want you to uh be a uh, backstage production agent on some show." If you're paying me and got a contract, let's go. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm uh at most tapings. You'll see me standing at the production room watching, you know, the matches and watching uh, the director and the timekeepers and how they're in the ears of the... the like, all that amazes me so much. Yeah. You know, that is really wrestling. It's so much not what's in the ring, you know? Right. Because the shots, you know, the multi-cameras. Um, I do a lot of work with West Coast Pro Wrestling, right? Sure. Uh, and that's the stuff that I'm learning from working with Hollywood and Championship Wrestling that I'm bringing to that. Like, we're doing... IWTV live streams, yeah. And so when we have the shot, I say, all right, well, we need more chairs on that side. Too many chairs on this side aren't in the camera shot, so let's put the chairs on the back side and make it look more full, right? You know. And then I'm back there. Sometimes if we didn't have, I'm helping edit. You know, and we're doing the live edit because it's like I feel like we're in something where I call the hard cam generation now, right? It's yeah, very ring of a ring of honor kind of thing. The early two thousands, you know, um, you'll have that one hard cam shot on the ring, and then one roomer, maybe, you know, right. And it's a very like it's 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 almost transcended now, and it's a very basic shot as compared to a three or four camera shoot, you know, like sure. a real TV kind of thing. Um, and so it's like seeing that and trying to help craft that hard cam style into more of a you need a hard cam. You right. need to catch the, the shots because you don't want to have your roamer be your main one. Right. But you need you need a few roamers to be able to maybe shoot a crowd reaction or get the entrance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or get some other side. Like those are the things you have to think about that really make wrestling better. Because right. if it's a better production, it's a better presentation. If you have the commentators talking about it, whether it's just you know silence rather, you know, it's right. it's all that that comes into it. So uh, I. I mean, I'm definitely still young and prosper about wrestling, you know? Right. Um, I'm an Arn Anderson guy. You know, he says, I'm not worried about being a world champion. You know, I want to be the guy that everyone knows is a solid worker, yeah. solid hand, can get a great match out of anybody, including a world champion. You know, uh, that's really what I think I, I aspire. You know, I I want to obviously be you know, a household name and stuff like that, sure. but where I, I really don't see myself as this like draw top star Hulk Hogan kind of aspect. I'm the guy that's more like Roddy Piper yeah. who's helping produce that fucking thing out into the world, you know? Yeah. Um. So if that means moving into a product uh, production role, you know, producer or even like an agent, you know, I'm all for that because I feel sometimes my my knowledge and my wrestling um, can be relayed to another hand to create something beautiful.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's a great way to look at it, and I think a lot of people don't take that opportunity to think about that. Um, for you, who has been uh, whether it's tag teams or singles, but who has been some of your favorite guys to work with in the ring?
0: Work with in the ring. Yeah. Um, Crazy, crazy. Obviously, Buddy Royal, you yeah. know, um, as a tag partner. And yeah. the few times we faced off against each other, uh, really awesome. Yeah. You know, uh, I cut my teeth with the the Stoner Brothers and Suburban Commandos. Those guys are super innovative as, like, tag team, you know. Yeah. Um, It always, it, this kills me because I've always wanted to be, you know, like one of those guys that, like, has the list of all the people he's wrestled over the years. And I told myself when I started, I try to like start it and here I am 10 years later with nothing. And that really like chaps my ass. So if, if any young wrestlers, you know, listening or watching or whatever, like I, I strongly recommend doing that because now I'm trying to go back and put it all together, you know, cause I'd love to open a book and be like, Oh, I had this good match with, you know, yeah. boom or whatever, you know, uh, Ray Rosas is a really good hand. Uh, We've had some fun times in my early days. Peter, Peter Avalon, like you said, is good. Um, Brett Michaels was a nice surprise, you know, out of Memphis the other week. Jordan Clearwater, you know, Dan Joseph. I was married to him kind of through the pandemic. Yeah. Those are great guys, you know. Um, Yeah, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm a pretty nice guy. So I think a lot of the matches that I've had have been pretty, pretty cool, you know. Yeah and if, if they're guys that I don't like working then I'm just like okay never book me against him again <laughs> but it's never going to be one where it's like ah I, I hate this guy
1: Sure. Um, do you think that for you being around uh, you know we talked a little bit about the production aspect and all those the people who uh, fill out production and do you think being around someone like Dave Marquez um, does that aspect interest you in terms of you know maybe overseeing um pro wrestling as you know maybe like you said you're 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 already bringing elements to a company could you see yourself running
0: a company uh definitely a possibility down the line right you know uh once I'm able to kind of settle right uh, i'm still feeling like you know uh, i'm a california kid and born and raised But I want to travel, man. I'm still thinking about, you know, relocating to the East Coast, uh, relocating maybe across the pond or something like I I need to go get out and become a samurai, you know? (laughs) Um, So once I feel like I have the ability that I've done something like that to fulfill myself is definitely when I feel more like I'd be wanting to kind of start my own thing. Sure. Um, Obviously, you know, working so close with West Coast Pro, um, the owner there has given me a lot of a lot of opportunities you know and so it's like if that blossoms into this awesome company right that 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 is able to provide for me it's like well maybe i don't travel but i feel right. like i'm gonna regret it if i ever don't do it you know right um being under dave marquez is definitely an <laughs> interesting experience i've heard so much about him uh in many different ways you know right. from people that have worked close with him for years that have got burned or people that have not been burned and worked for a long time, you know, a bunch of old school guys that I try to kind of keep my twos on. And, but, you know, you can't deny that a lot of people have come through him, you know, right. and he's definitely produced uh, the style and the aspect of wrestling that I most enjoy. Um, so I feel like we mesh there a lot. We have a very similar old school ideals, you know, when it comes to wrestling. Right. Definitely a lot more closer on the ideal aspect than a lot of other people. You know, there's people that don't get it and that don't like it or anything like that. Right. So I've seen I've seen a lot of heat. You know, and um, he's always treated me professional, always treated me very well, uh, paid. You know. Yeah. So uh, I feel like I learned a lot, and I've definitely used what I've learned there um, in higher places. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, it's crazy to think that the same way that the Hollywood setup is, is the exact same way the WWE setup is. Yeah, And so if, if you're walking out there as a wrestler who's wrestled on that program for so long, I know how to work a WWE camera setup. It's just in a bigger building, yeah. you know, but the, the, the camera setup is the same yeah. essentially. So that that's something that's almost uh, invaluable, you know? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, when you've gotten the breaks of uh, being able to be backstage at, uh, WWE or AEW, you know, getting a chance to do a little extra work. Um, what is your day like in terms of, you know, are you seeking out? Are you hanging back? Are you, you know, what are you doing that you're taking back with you so that it's not like you're just showing up doing a gig. Okay. hanging out and catering, you know, whatever, but just, you know, learning, talking, what do you do to kind of make that the most experience that you can get from having it?
0: And, uh, eyes open, ears open, you know, uh, I'd like to like think that I'm a little bit more personable enough to kind of go up to people and like strike up a conversation sure. or, um, you know, just kind of like things like that. But I feel like it's really awkward for me sometimes. Um, and I'm such an outgoing person though, which like is weird, but right. you know, um, like when I was at AEW specifically, I saw the revival, you know, and those guys are cut from the same cloth. Right. But I just didn't like, I just didn't know how to kind of approach and say like, you know, hi, um, tell me something awesome. Tell me stuff. That's really cool. And tell me, you can give me your knowledge, please. How do I, you know, what do I do? Um, so like AEW was pretty cool specifically because it was a lot more lax, you know, a lot more, um, they always say walking on edge scales, right? Like, right. I've never really felt much of that at um, WWE, except for the initial one or two, you know, the sure. first two, cause you don't know what you're doing. Um, but you know, like backstage, man, like get there, uh, you do your physical and stuff, you get there, go put my, my suit back on, get a cup of coffee, man. And I hit the loop, you know what I mean? I'm just Definitely. walking around wherever I'm allowed. Um, you know, I try not to congregate too much with a, you know, a group and be labeled the, you know, the extra group or anything, um, you know, say hi to maybe the one or two people that I do know. Sure. Uh, but then other than that, man, I'm just like, I used to try to get as close to gorilla as I can just to kind of see ins and outs, right. right. How, 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 the machine is working and stuff. And nowadays, right. Gorilla is its own thing and you can't like enter the room. Yeah. until like you're told right and so it's like you know you kind of like hang out and catering for a little bit you obviously don't want to stay the two times there because then you're going to be labeled as the caterer guy you know and <laughs> eating all the catering food and, Right. Um, but then you know I go back and I'm walking I hang out in the arena and see the people talking you know um, but you know it's it's, 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 it's funny experiences like I did hell in a cell like two years ago when the big debacle happened right Right. which was crazy like that was loud dude the chants were loud (laughs) and I'm standing like at the pit of Gorilla it's like a hallway that they kind of come and I'm like shit dude oh man like this is going to be wild you know what I'm saying I'm just standing there like just kind of doing my own Vince walks out Vince walks out and just kind of just goes and then hits the corner and just (laughs) continues on and I was like, "Oh, whoa! That was crazy to see." You know, like, <laughs> him going, "Well, didn't work," you know. I was like, "Oh, wow!" Like that's kind of that—that's—that's that's gold for me, right there. I struck yeah. gold with that one, you know. Um, and so, yeah, you know, try not to step on any, any boundaries or anything, or overcross any lines. Do anything you're not supposed to, you know. You don't get in the ring unless you're asked, you know. You right. try not to even go too close. And This is WWE specifically, you right. know. Um, as AEW, I just tried to like not be a hassle, not be a self-mark or anything. You know, to, I, I had a job, so I went and did my job, and then if anything else was gonna come off of that, then you know, course will take its path.
1: Right. <laughs> um, when you think of uh, the reopening of everything, the fans being back in the uh, auditoriums and getting a chance to, you know, interact, and there's. You know, just all this built up tension of being locked down for so long or not having wrestling, you know, in your area, even though things have been open up. What does that mean to you in terms of being able to have that real interaction with a crowd again?
0: Um, well, you know, it's good, right? And. I'm, I'm still a little worried about the whole pandemic, to be honest, you sure. know, um, I'm still worried about variants and stuff like that. Uh, obviously where I'm living is like super liberal. So they're like really on it about making sure that like, we don't have it come over here, you know, right. and we're trying. So like, I'm, I'm still a little cautious. Um, just cause I want, I want everyone to be safe. You know, yeah. I don't want anybody to, to be hurt or anything like that. Um, And then another turn, it's like, I'm usually the bad guy, right? And I always say that it's so tough today to be that real heel, you know, because the heat will either come back on you where you'll get canceled and you'll just basically not have a career, like just for heat, just for like really pissing someone off, you know, and not even saying anything outside of, you know, the bad stuff, like just like getting natural heat you know or the the heat will come back onto the company and right. people may not support the company anymore you know um just like those kind of ba- so it's like you got to kind of baby face it sometimes heal it up in the ring i have a thing where people love to boo me which is a good thing to have they like to 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 hate me as a bad guy right um but it's cool to see you know the kind of the the kids come around again and see families together there's this one kid and his dad that comes to a lot of shows up here in in the Bay area. And that's awesome. You know, that's great that they're able to do that together and they're going to cherish those moments, you know what I mean? And to be able to come and, you know, um, it must be cool for those kids to look at us as like superstars, you know? And it's even cooler that I'm on TV in my area, you know, on a channel that I grew up watching and, it's like, yeah like I'm a TV star dude, you know that's on my resume I, you know I was on channel seven for Christ's sakes um, but it, it's 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 the thing because you never know what that what, what that kid might take from that he might become a superstar right he might say, man I used to watch Levi Shapiro back in the day and like that that's cool those, those kind of things are cool. so it's really the family moments and then friends being able to see each other that haven't been able to get together, you know what I mean yeah
1: yeah, that's it's it's a very interesting time because there's um just an exciting energy and like you said, you want everyone to stay safe, um, so you know, it's kind of that weird balance of, you know, safe but excitement. Um mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's like you know, it's like uh being uh, fifteen years old again and going out on that first date with the girl that you've been uh after for the past year and a half. So uh I scored her man. I scored her, baby. <laughs> um as we kind of uh head up here wrap up um let me ask you coming up um do you have any uh dates planned that uh you know fans can see you are you doing any tapings coming up um what does your schedule look like for the next uh coming month or so
0: well it's very weird because now i'm you know actually pulling the old date book back out and filling in my times and I'm horrible with that as i double booked myself on many things as a day, you know. Um, so it's a little interesting. And I have some good stuff. Um, West Coast Pro is coming back full force. I think August 13th is our next show in South San Francisco. Good. Um, you know, West Coast Pro on most social medias and stuff like that. I think the lettering is different per site or site, whatever. Yeah um but i think that's also going to be streamed on IWTV, which is cool you know um hollywood has a lot of stuff um the united wrestling network has a lot of stuff in the works but no official dates but i know september uh is the atlanta debut which is going to be awesome
1: yeah
0: uh center stage in atlanta dude i can't wait to cross that one off the list yeah seriously (laughs) um so that'll be fun um uh, Best of the West is another one down in Fresno. That's Mike Rain's company. Uh, I think they're August 14th, so that'll be a double shot for me. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm starting to try to open myself up and reach out to some other places that might be interested to have me as whatever, you know. Um, sure. If they want me to come in and defend the television title, I'd be happy if they're under the United banner. Uh, but just along less, just working with more promotions, I think, Um, cross shows are going to kind of start happening a little bit more and just trying to travel more and stuff like that. I want to see the world, man.
1: Uh, Are you coming down for SummerSlam?
0: I've thought about it. I'm not 100% yet. Uh, I'm still waging with my uh, girlfriend-ish, if we can make that work. (laughs)
1: Well, it's it's definitely worth uh, convincing her because it looks like there's going to just be Stuff going on almost every hour for three straight
0: days. So, yeah, um, it's crazy to see how the Big Four have kind of turned into um, these weekends, right? Yeah. I and mean, obviously, Mania week. But now they're starting to kind of make SummerSlam and Royal Rumble. You know, those yeah. like those big ones are going to kind of start getting their own weekends too. And I think that's cool. I think that's a cool thing to have uh, the independence keep them fresh you know yeah. because without the independence, WWE has nothing to pick from you know what I mean oh, or yeah. AEW for that matter too
1: absolutely and it also gives an opportunity for um, you know guys to be in one place so they can work maybe some different promotions that they haven't worked and you also you know are catching um, such a a diverse crowd that comes from all over the world to catch the mm-hmm. big four events so it does make a lot of sense and also with the reach now of you know streaming platforms you know if someone from Germany comes in to watch SummerSlam they might go see a GCW because of the fact that they follow them on uh, you know totally. on, on the internet so yeah it's it's crazy how all these opportunities kind of converse now into uh, um, the the big four which is crazy. think that that's where it came when I remember the big one.
0: The big one. (laughs) The big
1: one. Um, For you, uh, social media wise, where can people follow you and uh, know what's going on with uh,
0: your career? Uh, Well, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, at Levi Shapiro. No spaces or anything. Pretty basic. Uh, I have a Twitch channel that I'm I'm semi-periodically hopping on. I either watch wrestling, maybe I play some video games. Or I make pizza. Uh, I'm a, I'm a um, five-star pizza chef. So uh, sometimes you'll catch me on there just throwing some pies around and stuff like that. So that's twitch.tv slash Levi Shapiro. Uh, I don't really do much on Facebook. That's a little bit more personal. So if people try to add me or something. You might just sit in a waiting room for decades or something. Uh, but I get a lot of my main interaction on Instagram and Twitter I also have a pro wrestling tee shop. If anybody wants a shirt, uh, it's pro wrestling tees backslash the loop, uh, all lower case, no spaces, and so you can pick some cool, classic, timeless tees up there.
1: Yeah, and I I highly encourage anyone if you uh, are just getting to know Levi's work, uh, brush up on it. You know, look on YouTube, follow the oh, yeah. United Wrestling Network. Um, you know uh west coast pro look at all that stuff but definitely if you get a chance purchase a t-shirt because it really helps out all the guys who are you know doing this for the love of the business and are not necessarily uh you know raking in the uh, vince mcmahon bucks in their pockets so um that's right brother definitely
0: i have shirts on hand too if if people's people want shirts directly from me uh send me a message on twitter and uh, we can set stuff up i'll show you what i got and i'll mail you out a cool little little package i I like to put little uh little secret stuffs and you know like a little sticker or like random little pin i just have so much extra stuff from all these years that it helps me get away so i just throw some extra cool little old stuff in there
1: (laughs) i love it and uh if uh if you have one thing uh, before we go here um, that maybe you could instill in a, a young Levi Shapiro, what would that one thing be?
0: Pull the trigger. Don't be afraid to take that opportunity. Uh, don't be afraid to go for something. Send the email. Uh, don't be afraid of what it looks like. Uh, you're never going to know if you never send it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kids coming in today have it uh, so much easier. I had it easier than kids back when, right? You used to have to put a resume and a VHS tape and mail it to somebody. Uh, Now I'm even email. So it's like, dude, just send the email, um, reach out, you know what I mean? And just uh, believe in yourself and definitely take the opportunity when you can
1: love it that's great advice and everyone who's listening please follow levi uh, get to know him get to know his career and uh thank you for tuning in to the biggest bad boys of podcasting until next time we'll see you then
0: Vegas bad boys of podcasting